You're listening to the Long's Chapel Weekly Message Podcast, available Sundays at 5 o'clock p.m. If you would like to connect to Long's Chapel or keep up with all events happening at Long's Chapel Church, connect with us via Instagram, Facebook, or on our church website, longschapel.com. Here at Long's Chapel, we believe in worshiping and serving God by reaching people and growing together as passionate followers of Jesus Christ, because all people matter to God. This week's message comes from our lead pastor, Reverend Chris Westmoreland. Do you like to do prep work? Yeah, probably not as much. Anybody like to do cleanup? No. Yeah, same kind of thing, right? Same, same kind of thing. I, I was thinking about this this week that, um, you know, I, I really like, I like to cook a lot, but I don't always like to scour the grocery store for all the stuff that I need. It would be really nice if we had this, like, just kind of, you know, genie or fairy that would go get all that stuff and just tee it up and put it in the kitchen. And then, you know, like, it's all there. Like, anybody else kind of feel that way sometimes? Um, I like to go on trips. I like to have an adventurous spirit. I love going places, experiencing new things. I am not a fan of packing, which does get me in trouble sometimes when I'm somewhere and don't have what I need because I didn't take the time uh, to pack or unpacking, right? Or getting the laundry ready. Anybody like those things? probably like the trip better than some of those things. I, um, like you, I may not be like this huge fan of prep work, but truth is, that's what I want to invite you to think about with me today. Truth is that nothing good really happens without something or someone preparing the way. I want to say that one more time because I think it's really important. That nothing, really nothing good can happen without something or someone preparing the way. Like, think about that. Like, no road gets built without someone going ahead and clearing and preparing the ground. Like, no house gets built without the surveying the ground and, you know, kind of building up the foundation and kind of getting the land ready. Um, and it's Christmas time. Like, who is excited about opening presents? Anybody excited about opening presents? Woo! Yes. Here, question for you, pop quiz. Would you rather wrap presents or open presents? Open presents, yes. In fact, have you noticed how much time it goes into wrapping and how much, like, little bit of time there is in unwrapping? Have you noticed, like, the, the balance of time there? Um, here, here's what I want to invite us to do. And again, I'm not going to go deep dive. I just want to do a bit of a survey for it. I actually hope and pray that this will um, prick your interest and you'll actually want to go a little bit deeper this week in your own devotional time and in your own study time. But it's really interesting to me that Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 1, these are the two gospels in the New Testament that actually have for us the story of the nativity, the story of the birth of Jesus kind of in the way that we have come to know it and experience it. Um, These are the two gospels that have that. And and these particular first chapters of of these particular uh, gospels, they make it really clear each in their own way that uh, Jesus kind of didn't just drop out of the sky, but there was preparation that was happening in the background and in the foreground to allow uh, kind of what God is doing in Jesus, what God is doing in Christmas, to allow all that to begin to, to emerge. And so I, I just, like, just want to actually just summarize that a little bit because it's really interesting. I actually was actually going back to, to Malachi. Malachi is the last book of the, the Old Testament. So it's just before we begin to read um, in what is the next page, the gospel according to Matthew in that first chapter. And if we just, just go back to the last chapter of Malachi, the last chapter of the Old Testament, we have some really interesting stuff there actually to drill down on. Um, but we have an opportunity uh, here, just here are the titles, right? Here are the titles, the subtitles. 
subtitles of this particular last chapter of the Old Testament. The coming messenger, which talks about one who is going to kind of prepare the way, and talks about the fact that that, that person, right, that, that that person, that prophet, that Messiah, however you want to interpret that, is like a refiner's fire or, or a fuller's soap. Think about that cleansing image. Um, and then verse 5 of that, then I'll draw near to you for judgment. So there's this notion of, the other subtitles are like, don't rob God, the reward of the faithful. And then chapter 4 is the great day of the Lord where there's this notion of this kind of reckoning that comes. And the first verse of that is, see the day that I am coming, burning like an oven, right? Like burning like an oven. And then kind of all arrogant and evildoers will, will stumble and like the day shall come. And, and you kind of get the image and the vibe of kind of what, of what that's about. And if we under, actually understand those words in, the, um, in kind of the history and the context of the Old Testament, they actually really begin to make sense. But also they do leave you with a bit of a feeling of this notion of God coming to set things right in some kind of destructive, constructive way, right? And like to destruct, to begin to tear things apart so that something new can be rebuilt. And then if you just flip over to what I'm inviting you to focus on today, you just flip over Matthew chapter 1. And, and the subtitles of Matthew chapter 1, there are actually two. First of all, it begins in the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah. And we have what is kind of a Jewish account of how Jesus finds himself emerging on the scene out of um, a, faithful, a faithful Jewish lineage and also a faithful uh, kingly lineage uh, through Abraham and, and, through, and through David. And so this notion of the fact that now one is coming that actually, well, this is actually going to look a little different. And they're just all kinds of examples, but they're even folks that are kind of woven into that telling of the story that aren't necessarily the folks that you would put on a poster child of, of faithfulness if you're telling the story from the biblical perspective. And, and so they're like remarkable folks that are included in, in this particular genealogy that's affirming to us that, that the Messiah that's coming is actually a different kind, a different kind of Savior, now, in, in between Malachi chapter 4 and in between Matthew uh, chapter 1, the tradition of the church has gone something like this, that there's kind of 400 years of silence in between those chapters, where the, the again, teaching the church, kind of God was silent during that time. We can talk more about was God silent or were people just not in a place to actually hear what God was saying. Long conversation about that. But what I want to invite you to is that kind of this language about judgment and destruction, and there's this 400 years of silence. And then we begin with this part of the story where there's this genealogy of Jesus. And then it begins in verse 18 of, of Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And, and the story kind of goes on from there. Do you hear the um, surprise notion of, of the way that that this particular God and this particular God uh, kind of like bringing the Messiah on the scene in some kind of remarkably saving way, how that actually looks probably different than anybody could have anticipated. And you have this like incredible moment where we get to appreciate the fact that we have Mary has this revelation of what God is doing in her life. Joseph has this revelation of what God is doing in his life. They're not living this out actually in isolation, but they're trying to figure out what to do with the fact that God is, is using them in a very intentional way to be able to be about the reconciliation and the redemption 
that God is bringing forth uh, in the gift of Christmas. So kind of, there's no judgment, there's this kind of time of silence, and then there's this, well, gosh, that's not the way that we thought the Messiah would come to pet that, that's not the way we thought this would actually happen. And now we have like a teenage girl and, and then Joseph and they're not married yet. So that's going to get pretty complicated. And they can only talk to a certain number of people. But they, again, don't do this in isolation. And, and it just kind of affirms the fact that it's in this really interesting space. This really interesting space where God is kind of about a bit of a new thing in a bit of a new way, but kind of all of that is meant to help us appreciate the fact that, um, that there is preparation work in our heart and in our life and in the world that's meant to help. Um, um, well, actually, I think we have a, a screenshot of this. Like, that's meant to reaffirm the heart of what Advent is, which is to anticipate the Lord and prepare the way for God in our hearts. Okay, if you can read that, can you say that with me, just that bottom part? To anticipate the Lord and to prepare the way for him in our hearts. To anticipate the Lord and to prepare the way for him in our hearts. I, I, I'm not just talking about you doing something when you leave here. I'm talking about that's what you're doing right now. That's what you're doing here and now as, as we have an opportunity to prepare, anticipate, expect that love is breaking into this world, love representing the very glory and power uh, of God's grace and spirit is breaking into this world not in some like really aggressive form, but, but in the form of, of what feels like and looks like and appears to be a helpless child that within him holds the hope and the future of the world and the glory of the Lord. Can you appreciate with me the, the challenge of that? And if we kind of even move on to just summarizing Luke, um, Luke's first chapter, like there's this notion of the fact that we can't even get to Jesus yet. Can't even get to Jesus yet because here's what we get in Luke's first chapter is um, at verse five, the, the birth of, of John the Baptist or John the Baptizer is is foretold. And it's this incredible story that um, for women or for server, for men servers who were actually at the Festival of Tables this last week, watching Denise Locke do this incredible um, narration um, and kind of first person character representation of Elizabeth, which is what the first part of, um, of Luke's gospel actually is describing is this notion of like, we haven't even gotten to Mary and Joseph in Luke's gospel yet. We're preparing the way even for those that are preparing the way. And you see how we get to be involved and included in, in that story? We get to be involved and included in, in that story. That, that God somehow knows that we, we can't just actually show up and expect that the very thing that we need to get out of Christmas the most and the very thing that we need to be able to offer to God's spirit of Christmas, we can't just expect that, that we're just going to have that in the way that we long to have it. But, but that we can anticipate and, and we can prepare and in anticipating and preparing that, that God shows up in some, in some mighty, remarkable ways. Um, as I think and pray about that, as I invite you to think and pray about that a little bit. Um, this, uh, this crossed my, my feed this week from Craig Rochelle. Let me just uh, read it and invite you to consider it. Someone said years ago something that stuck with me. They explained that Christmas is a magnifier. 
that Christmas is a magnifier. If things are good in your life, Christmas tends to magnify that goodness. That which is good seems better. Good family seems great. Good party seems fantastic. A good memory becomes an even better one. Christmas magnifies the good. But unfortunately, it can also magnify what is difficult. Like if you're struggling, if the Christmas season can like almost uh, make the struggle seem more intense. Financial stress is tough any time of year. In December, it can feel unbearable. A, a challenged relationship with extended family, it's never fun. It seems to be like accentuated during the holidays. And if you normally battle with loneliness, then Christmas time may feel like the loneliest time of all. And as we celebrate the greatest gift in history, our Savior's birth, as we focus on Jesus, like worshiping God for God's goodness, for God's love, for the sacrifice that God is putting out there in this remarkable way, we're told to, to magnify God, to, to glorify God together. That's just what we were singing about. And what does that mean? Well, among other things, like magnify simply means to make bigger. And what if what if our commitment today is to make God a bigger part of our life? That that's the work of preparation and anticipation that we're called to do. To make God a bigger part of our life. To make, to make more space and room um, for the spirit of Christmas to be able to, to work and to move in our life. Not just on Christmas Day, but every day. And if you, um, well, if we allow God's goodness to continue to grow in our life, if we allow God's will to be magnified in our life, God's plans to be magnified in our life, then like it begins to overwhelm us in the best possible way. What if, what if we made God's presence the biggest priority of all? Like if we're going to magnify anything this Christmas, if we're committed together, friends, to be able to, to magnify Christ, to be able to magnify God and God's love in a way that God is loving us completely even and especially in ways that God didn't have to, but God chooses to. Ways that God didn't have to, but, but that God chooses to. I like how Julian of Norwich says it this way. She says, uh, here's what Christmas means, is what she's really saying. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. For there's a force of love moving through the universe that holds us fast and will never let us go. Do you think, friends, that you like have too much drama for, for you know, Christmas to be special this year? There's just too much drama going on in your life? Man, you want to talk about drama? You want to talk about drama? You want to talk about drama? You want to talk about like all kinds of reasons why Christmas wouldn't take hold, and yet somehow, like, God's love reigns. God's love wins. And we have an opportunity, friends, to be able to magnify that in our life. And I wonder if that's not the greatest task of, of worship that we get to be a part of today. Let's pray. God of grace and God of glory, we give you thanks for the ways that you move and work and for the opportunity to just simply rest in who you are. We're grateful, oh God, um, for the fact that you're not silent. We're grateful, oh God, for the fact that there were all kinds of ways that you could have given up on us or you could have walked away or... Somehow you chose not to do any of that. In fact, you, you chose to, to make sure to break through our reality in such a way that we couldn't mistake the presence that was coming and the glory to be revealed for anything other than, than your love. 
And so, God, for the way that you are drawing near and close, for the way that you are like trying to break through all of the reasons why we wouldn't be able to receive your love, and you're trying to break through all of that so that so that your love is actually the thing that is the primary define, the definition of our life. It's the primary thing in our life that's magnified and it's multiplied. I pray, oh God, that you would um, help us, help us to open up our heart so that we would be covered in your love, so that your glory would shine in and through us as we long to be um, part of the light that you offer to this world. For in the strong and precious name of Christ, we pray and all God's people said. Amen. Thanks for joining the Long's Chapel Message Podcast. If you connected in any way with us via this podcast, we invite you to connect further by either leaving a rating and review down below or contacting us via our church website at longschapel.com. Here at Long's Chapel, we believe in worshiping and serving God by reaching people and growing together as passionate followers of Jesus Christ because all people matter to God. See you next week.